Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your host, Marcus Greaves, Adam Nicholson, a sunny, shining Friday. Oh. Is there anything better? I don't no. think there is. Portland, Portland, when it's sunny, man, there's nothing better. Hey, yeah. But, 70 degrees? Yeah. I'll be out there with a shirt off. I mean, wait a second. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Yeah, I Not will be out there on. with a shirt off. And, uh... I think I'm gonna go on a hike with my girlfriend, and Ooh. I don't. I'm a little nervous, man. I think I went on like two hikes. I lived in Prineville, I know, <laughs> and like I just don't go on hikes, man. Like I don't. I don't do the whole like wilderness. Like I don't know. I've never seen a a mountain lion. I don't know if you want to see a mountain. That's lion. what I'm saying. I heard. I mean, shoot, man, they're called mountain lions. They're lions of the mountains, man. <laughs> like I've seen the Discovery Channel and like Animal Planet. I don't want to go out there, so I don't do that. Uh, I went fishing a couple times, which is pretty cool. Hey, I don't yeah. have the patience for it. I get mad and like I cuss at the fish, and so that's probably why they're like, "All right, well, we're just gonna swim away then." If you're gonna act like that, I drink a lot of beer out there for <laughs> fishing. Isn't that what you're supposed to do though? Like, right? You hunt? Oh, okay, maybe not when you're hunting. Oh gosh, but I never. Hunt. When you're fishing or you're playing golf, yeah, you got to have a little something something there you know what i mean yeah oh i'm a city boy you know in and out so i mean if you even put cowboy boots on me man i i wouldn't know how to walk i think i'd fall over (laughs) (laughs) anyways what's up adam good to have you in today hey i appreciate you for letting us do this on friday lets me come up kind of knock out two stones go to the blazers game tonight little rip city on the uh on the ass, I'll yeah, say. That's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, man. That's yeah, uh, it's so, uh, it's gonna be dope. I'm excited for this game. The Blazers they they played super well in this last, not super well, I should say, but um, well enough to win. Both teams played terrible. I almost ripped the TV off my wall with the first game was, oh. yeah, that one was bad. But the offensive rebounding in the second game, it was 23 offensive rebounds for Denver compared to. Portland seven, but they somehow still got the win and made me feel better that Dame didn't even play or play well. So that's even better. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I watched it too, but it it seemed like it was a little five on eight action for a bit. Yeah, it was that bad. Was, it was it was rough, but you know, it's kind of how the playoffs have been. It's it's whatever we can get over it. But uh, hey, we're gonna have to get Lamar Hurd on soon. Absolutely, Lamar. If you're listening, you need to come on. <laughs> we'll talk a little Blazers basketball. We'll talk even more Beavers basketball. Yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. Let's get, get you on the damn hotline. Yeah, we'll get him on the damn hotline eventually. But uh, Adam, you have a uh, little note to add. Yeah. Hey, if you aren't a member of Beaver Blitz yet, today is the day to do it. We have a huge flash promo sale going on. Um, I'm I'm just blown away at the sale that Angie's running. We're gonna talk to her a little more in depth about it later. But basically, if you're signing up for a new annual membership, you're going to get it at 80% off. It's like less than $22 for a full year's worth yeah. of content. So not only are you going to get to read everything on Blitz, you're helping support Marcus and I in doing this podcast. You're helping support the damn podcast, which is going to be starting back up later this summer, I do believe. Yeah. Um, there's just so much stuff that you can get right at your fingertips for less than $2 a month. Mm. I mean... $2. Less than $2. Less than $2. People. I'm not trying to sell you on this, but I'm trying to sell you on this. I'm I'm trying (laughs) to sell you on this, man. Yeah. Well, we definitely definitely keep that in mind. That ends today, right? Today at 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock. Tonight. And we'll have Angie on, so she'll tell us. Get that VIP treatment. I'm in studio. I'm banging on the desk. (laughs) Sign up now. Uh, Yeah, there's plenty of stuff. uh, Good reads, good just news and notes. Basically just 
if you listen to this podcast and you're not a part of that, um, you might as well be. I mean, come on, just I'm not even gonna go. I'm not even gonna beat around the bush. Do it. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. But if it, but if you you know, but it's just something to keep in mind. Obviously, if you want to be caught up with everything else, um, we only have so much time to do the podcast. So if you do miss any information, it's all in Beaver Blitz, all everything like that. Um, but I, I want to switch gears real quick because we do have a little bit of, um, or not a little bit. It is a serious topic. Caleb Smith, he's a good friend of mine, one of my absolute favorite teammates I ever played with um, at Oregon State. He was involved in a car crash. I think it was two days ago, or two or th- yeah, it was three, two or three days like ago. Um, he had he had some serious injuries with his back. Um, a lot of crazy stuff. He is. He, they will say, or I think they said that he'll be okay, um, but he might have some, you some know, long time, long lasting, yeah, long lasting damage. So, um, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to put up the GoFundMe. He has a GoFundMe for uh, he, his family, him, his wife, and their baby. I mean, that's newborn. A, it, yeah, newborn. There's a lot of stuff that you know. That's a tough situation to be in. I already donated everything that I could. A lot of former players are doing it. I will say he is, you know, he's a beaver through and through. He's one of us. You know, any way you guys can support him, if not in the donation on the GoFundMe, at least share it and raise awareness so somebody else, you know, who might be interested in donating will do that. I think that that's something that we all have to stand behind is the fact that, um, and, and to put in perspective, even Duck fans, I saw a lot of Duck fans were supporting it as well, and they were... Um, you know, dropping some money. It's just, you know, at, at that situation, that's where you put the game aside, yep. the whole jersey rivalry, trash talking, everything. You put that aside for a situation like this because at the end of the day, you know, I think he's, shoot, he's 26, 25. see that? Yeah, oh, he's man. he's young, man. So there's, you know, so, when something like that impacts your life, you have, you know, it's it's almost on us as Beaver Nation just to stand behind him any way we can. So whether that's donating money or just raising awareness for the situation so somebody might want to help. Yeah. I mean, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. He's truly one of us. You know, you listen to Coach Smith talk about he walked these halls. He's done all this. He's been there. Caleb Smith has done that too. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you can, if you have the means to, I know it would mean the world to him. Absolutely. Uh, Caleb and his family. Yeah, and he's never asked for anything. It's just something, you know, I wanted to, I thought I should say. Um, he's a really good friend of mine, so um, any way I can help him out, I'm going to do it. So that's why I had to bring that up. But um, switching gears, like I said, it's a sunny Friday. It's going to be nice, man. I'm excited for this weekend. But, uh, Adam, let's, uh, let's switch over some news and notes. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so with spring camp wrapping up, the coaches have really been out on the recruiting trail, um, racking up them frequent flyer miles, or in Jake Cookus's uh, case, putting miles on his vehicle. Um, <laughs> you know, recruiting in-state, they are hitting up high schools and JUCOs across the West Coast, and really, you know, inside that Pac-12 footprint, they're hitting up Hawaii, um, Texas. They got a couple kids that they're after right now. Um Arizona, so they are reaching out, trying to get the trying to get the, some more momentum going for this class. We've mm-hmm. seen a few new offers come out. Um, Coach Lindgren extended an offer to four-star Chubba Purdy out of Perry High School down there in Gilbert, Arizona. 
Uh, kind of thinking we might be a little late to the party in this one. Uh, Purdy's name is a familiar one. His, his brother uh, signed with Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State two mm-hmm. years ago. Brock Purdy. Yeah. yeah, Brock Purdy, and he started this last year. Um, Oregon State tried to get him in, involved with him down the stretch. Um, ended up signing Jack Coletto as part of that, what, 2018 recruiting class, the first one under uh, Coach Smith's belt mm-hmm. once he took over. Um, but Chuba just picked up an Oregon State offer. He's got kind of a laundry list of offers already, um, so it might be a little tough to crack into that right now um with with that said i mean they are kind of trending up with a couple other quarterback targets right now um you can definitely go to beaver blitz to you know check out the lodge and get more insight into who they're trending upwards with and uh quarterback recruiting um but i think one of the coaches that we really should highlight right now who's kind of making the rounds everywhere is uh defensive coordinator tim tibasar Mm -hmm. he's personally extended like four offers this last week uh, a couple to um, some targets out in the Hawaiian Islands in uh, Shane Cady. He's a rush edge end um, out of Mililani. I hope I pronounced no, that correctly. No, that's perfect. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Angie will be on. She'll be able to correct me if that's uh, incorrect. She she knows all about the islands. Um, but he's he's an interesting prospect. He's kind of flying under the radar right now. Um, but he really had a strong showing at the Hawaii Ultimate Lineman Challenge where he won defensive MVP last week. 6'3", 210, Oregon State was his first Power 5 offer. This kid is lightning quick off the edge. He's that prototypical guy who's going to get to the quarterback, third down pass rush specialist. Mm -hmm. And he's not just speed. I mean, he does a good job of utilizing his hands, getting the hands off of – his blockers there, um, and he does a good job not just getting around the edge, but he'll set up a nice spin move, come back to the middle, and really mm. blow up the uh, quarterback. So he's one to watch. Um, he's got Army, Hawaii, and Portland State on him already. Uh, like I said, Oregon State was that first Power 5 offer, though, and he's working out the details of trying to get out here um, to the mainland uh, at some point here this summer. Uh, another offer out on the islands that went out is to – um outside linebacker hold on i got a that's another hawaiian name <laughs> i hope i hope i don't butcher it mulu Iosefa. good enough man hey i'll take it and he's from mililani too um six three two twelve uh another kind of i guess more well-rounded outside linebacker he's not just that pass rush specialist like shane katie is can drop back into coverage, kind of do it all. Uh, he's got Oregon State, who just offered earlier this week. Like I mentioned, Tim Tibisar extending that offer. Utah was his first offer, and they're kind of trending up in his recruitment right now. But with the new relationships being established with Oregon State, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. Uh, a couple more offers went out in the L.A. area as uh, Blue Adams has been really active down there. Michael Petrie. Uh, Coach Tim Tibisar as well is down in the San Diego area, so they're all kind of combining to uh, network and recruit the SoCal Southern Section area, if you uh, um, want to label it as that. New offer out to four-star Justin Houston out of Junipero Serra. Uh, he's a highly sought-after recruit. His brother, John, um, is at USC or Cal now? I think USC. Um but he's uh six three, almost six four, one ninety, really lean, uh, really good athlete with size. They you know project him to bulk up and uh, 
you know, be kind of that multi-purpose outside linebacker. Uh, USC is really trending in his recruitment right now. So another instance of maybe Oregon State being a little late to the party. Mm-hmm. But you got to take the benefit of the doubt with the Oregon State staff. They aren't going to offer somebody just to offer them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they have a you know they have a strategy in place for anything that's coming out of Valley Football Center, any offer, any visit, that kind of stuff. So um, we'll see if they can kind of get in the the mix of things and how Justin will be receptive of. Um, you know, Oregon State's pitch. Uh, the last new offer to go out was to another SoCal, SoCal athlete, um, defensive back John Humphrey out of John Muir down there in Pasadena. Uh, Blue Adams type target. He's fits that mold of the long-armed, mm-hmm. tall, rangy type corner. Um, he's a little light right now at 160, maybe kind of a James Dockery type uh, yeah, yeah. build. Um, but he's springy. He's got those long arms. He plays well in pass defense and can set, uh, step up and run support as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll kind of see how that plays out uh, there as well. Uh, Oregon State joins, you know, kind of a who's who's of Pac-12 interests, Arizona, Arizona State. Oregon was his first offer. Uh, Southern Myths was one of his early offers as well. So they're involved. Um, UCLA is kind of in a, a wait and evaluate stage as well with them. Um, I know Angie's been reaching out to him to try to catch up with him to get his thoughts. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, we've talked about it several times already, how narrow-focused Oregon State is in ex- it, it, extending these offers. Yeah. And they aren't just going to offer, like I just said, they aren't just going to offer a kid just to offer him, like uh, Oregon who's got, you know, 350 offers out already to Mm -hmm. kids from the 2020 class Oregon State's at 120 somewhere around in there so they're very targeted and deliberate in their recruitments of kids they aren't going to waste their time with kids who aren't showing interest Mm -hmm. yeah they're going to want to get the guys that they want makes sense I mean at the end of the day if you go out yeah you might maybe that recruiting strategy works if you go offer you know 150 kids and you get 10 of them like Mm -hmm. is that percentage really what you want no, because it's still a bad percentage. Yeah, you get 10 kids, but you're offering 150 kids. I mean, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Like I said, I'm not the coach, so I don't I don't understand what they're thinking. I don't know what they're thinking, but the fact that maybe it's and, – and maybe it's exactly like you said what Coach Smith and his staff want to do. You pinpoint certain guys because those are the guys that you, know, you could use, and those are the guys that you want – for a certain reason, rather than just going for a quantity, you want quality, right? Mm-hmm. And and maybe, and I'm not saying, you know, Oregon does anything wrong with the way that they do that, but just in general, you could tell that the two different staffs have different takes on how they're going to recruit in their style of recruiting, because you're right. You know, you see all the time on social media that Oregon's offering all these guys, all these guys, all these top guys, which maybe it's not a bad strategy, but you see Oregon State, they kind of hold it back a little bit because they're like, okay, you know, maybe this wide receiver is going to, is going to play like a Trayvon Bradford. And mm-hmm. so we already know how he would fit the system well compared to, okay, we have this receiver. We don't really know you know, where we're going to put him yet, but maybe down the line we'll figure it out. I don't think they're like the second part that I said, you know, that maybe we'll figure it out later. They want to know, okay, we're going to get this guy because he's going to, we can use him for this. Say, you know, it's third down. We need a guy to get this many yards on this route with this play. This guy fits that mold, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what they want. And, I'm guessing for the most part that's how they're going they're going about it. Yeah, definitely. Um 
you know, we, we'll be talking kind of uh, some spring camp wrap-up still continuing into this week. Um, but if you're looking for more insight into the visitors, you know, they hosted over 100 athletes for the spring game alone in Corvallis. Uh, and their junior day festivities. Um, you can definitely go check it out at Beaver Blitz. We got visit reports up, insight into um, a lot of their top targets um, recruitments inside the lodge at Beaver Blitz. So definitely go check that out. Um, probably the headline, though, this weekend, we're going to switch over to women's basketball for yeah, a minute. do it. I mean, Scott Ruick is really on a roll building off the momentum from that 2019 recruiting class. This weekend, he's welcoming five-star wing prospect out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, Sasha Goforth. Um, huge target for the Beavs. She is a Katie McWilliams type reincarnation coming in. As soon as Katie graduates, Sasha has the ability to step in and uh, really fill that same type of role, same player's mentality of can uh, step outside, hit down a three, can get to the rim, uh, finish with strength at the rim, absorb contact, uh, lockdown defender as well. Um, but she's on campus this weekend. The Beavs are going to be pushing for a commitment from her. She uh, spoke with one of the local fish wraps there in Fayetteville and uh, said that she was down to Oregon State. Texas A&M, and then the hometown team, University of Arkansas, in her recruitment. Um, Oregon State is the only official visit that she has on the books right now. Uh, she mentioned that she was hoping to take unofficial visits to Arkansas and Texas A&M before she makes her decision later on this summer. Um, I, I could actually see, you know, if if you're looking at past trends, you know, Taylor Jones, um, Yelena Mitrovic, Kennedy Brown, all kind of had that same approach. Yet once they were on campus and interacting with not only Coach Ruick, but the rest of the girls, the mm. young women on the team, they came out of their visits committed. Yeah. So I don't know what Scott Ruick's doing to, you know, what what his exact message is other mm. than, you know, being extremely genuine, extremely caring, and really building a solid foundation. Yeah. Not just a year, but I mean, they're targeting kids in eighth grade in their freshman years and starting to build these relationships yeah. with their targets. So once they're able to get out on campus and see that everything that they've built over the last three years isn't just fluff. Yeah, yeah. It's genuine. They come out committed. It's smart. So... Hey, if if they can get a commitment from Sasha this weekend, that really sets them up well for continuing to build this 2020 class where they are in on not just Sasha, who's a top 20 or top 10 um, athlete for this class. It really starts that momentum building Mm because they have the number two player in the nation, Haley Van Lith, giving them serious interest. The number four player in the nation, Caitlin Clark, out of Iowa, giving them serious interest. And a laundry list of other top 25 talents that are seriously considering Oregon State. So you get that ball moving, the the momentum kind of rolling in your favor. Maybe Haley Van Lith is next. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. But get go forth first and then look to, uh, you know, build the rest of the class. So... Definitely want to stick with Beaver Blitz. We'll be having the uh, the visit recap for from the Goforth uh, family uh, Sunday or Monday. Um, we're planning to hook up with them and uh, get their thoughts on everything. Absolutely, it's it's actually pretty cool to see um, just what you know Coach Ruick has done just in general to the whole women's basketball pro- program because 
even when I, I mean, when I was there, I, I wouldn't say even when I was there because I'm not that old, but um, just seeing the the progress that is being made, right? It's it's like they don't take step backs, and I really like that, right? When mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to winning big games, especially when you get to March and March Madness, all that, you know, there's been a couple times that the girls have, you know, came up short, but mm-hmm. granted, you just look at what he's built and how he's built it. It's just, you know, it's it's the fact that they don't they might not have the flash right mm-hmm. but what do you sell you sell success and the and it's the fact that you sell being a good person being a good coach and then it just reflects that much on how much the team how tight they are if a girl comes in on the, uh, you know on an official visit and then right after that they leave and they're committed because you know they understand like this is where I want to be I this is exactly how I want my college you know my college career to go I want to be here I mean in Gill Coliseum, when it's packed, I mean, I would, I loved going to girls' basketball games because I yeah. was like, these girls are phenomenal, and I loved watching it. It's the fact that they're they're so good, and they're, it looks effortless in a way. It is such a different game than what men's basketball has become, yeah. in my opinion. You know, I playing, you played growing up. Mm-hmm. I was more of the fundamentally sound type yeah, athlete. Yeah. I, I wanted to play a crisp game. I didn't have the above the rim mm-hmm. capabilities that some of my peers and opponents did, so I had to rely on you know being able to outwork yeah. my opponent and going that way, um, and that's kind of reflective of women's basketball. Men's basketball, I think, you get a lot of isolation mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. You just don't necessarily see that a lot with yeah. uh, a coach root team, and I think that's that's what resonates so much with me and uh, being able to connect with that women's team not not yeah. only the success and everything yeah absolutely it, it's phenomenal to see i i mean shoot oregon state women's basketball they're gonna be good for a long time yeah like it, a long time were you there for lavanda mm, i think she might have left just no before yeah just before so i was i'll share this i was working there uh an internship in the athletic department for lavanda's last year mm-hmm. and that whole situation situation and how it unraveled and her dismissal i don't think you know, i had a couple friends that were part of that team mm. and i don't think i've ever seen like a, a an athlete more beaten down mm. than some of the girls that were on that team it was just a toxic environment and what a home run hire scott ruick was yeah to take it from one scholarship athlete there in 2009 2010 something like, something that, like yeah. that and within less than 10 years now it's a perennial not just top 25 program it is a powerhouse top eight type yeah. program perennial year in and year out you yeah. can nearly bank on oregon state women's basketball filling golf filling gill coliseum and being extremely competitive not just in the pac-12 but on the national landscape yeah absolutely it's I mean, it's dope, man. I, I <laughs> don't know if you could write a, a movie script. Yeah, really. But it's it's how it unfolds and, and it's how it's continued to gain momentum. It's cool to see these players like you see players coming in and start off, you know, those maybe the three stars. They're pretty good. But and then you coach them up. And but now you're just getting like crazy athletes. You're mm-hmm. just getting four or five stars that are like serious, you know, WNBA players. Yeah. And you can get those kind of girls. And then from there. You just you kind of let them go. You just not yeah. let them go, but you know you you coach them up a little bit. But their their game is so polished. Like some of those girls that you watch, you're just like, 
they're so good already, right? And you can't imagine them being at Oregon State for two more years and getting better for two more years. I can't imagine. And I think there's such a difference between, you know, coaching them up and somebody who already has possesses that natural instinct. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're getting. You look at somebody like Kennedy Brown, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand Classic All-American, um, Taylor Jones, MVP in Texas, yeah. Player of the Year. Um, these type of elite girls not only have possess the skill set to be elite, yeah, and but they have the, the buy-in to Coach Ruick's message and the team philosophy, team first type approach. Mm. And it, I know we're kind of going off track here, but hey, man, you know, hey, you start going talking about it, and it is it is truly fascinating and amazing mm. what they've been able to do. Absolutely, and sky's the limit. I mean, Gino Ariyama out there at UConn's kind of on the tail end. Yeah, you, you got to think at. He's approaching 70, I think, now. Yeah. His career's probably winding down. Who's going to fill that top void? Could it be Oregon State? I mean, UConn was kind of a, I don't want to say irrelevant, but, I mean, prior to Ariyama, what were they known for? Yeah. And now they are a women's basketball school. Mm-hmm. Could Absolutely. Oregon State fill that bill? Fill that void? Maybe. I could, I could certainly see it, but... You're right. We did get off track a little bit, but yeah. that's all right. But that's all, that's all right because hey, it's worth it's worth talking about. But we got an hour time still. <laughs> Do you uh you got any other news and notes for us, Adam? Nah, man. I think we need to talk about a big time defensive tackle prospect who was on campus. And Marcus, you ready to go next level? Let's go next level. So yeah, that defensive tackle prospect, four star Jamar Sakona was on campus uh, just before the spring game. This is a kid who is already rated as one of the top defensive tackle prospects. He's within the uh, scout or the sorry twenty four seven top twenty four or two hundred forty seven athletes for the uh, twenty twenty class. He's out of Marin Catholic High School. Beaver fans or recruitniks might be familiar with that uh, school. It's where Spencer Spencer Petrus uh, hailed from the. 2018 class of 2018 longtime commit who actually flipped his commitment to Iowa uh, shortly after Coach Smith took over um, the reins of the Oregon State program. But uh, interesting in that he was actually offered under Gary Anderson's uh, tenure, uh, or I don't want to say leadership because they're <laughs> zing. There was no, um, but but under his tenure uh, at Oregon State, so he kind of saw a little bit of uh, a lack of communication there in the transition period. Uh, but Oregon State has definitely picked up their uh, their game, I guess, in recruiting him over the last year. Uh, he was up on campus, really enjoyed everything that was shown to him. They kind of rolled out the red carpet for him, um, got to do the photo shoot, got to really see everything that they have to offer from academics to a uh, day in the life of a student athlete. And that academic side is how it is really important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of made a swing through the Pacific Northwest, saw Oregon state first, went down to Oregon for their spring game, hit up Washington, Washington state, and then made his way back home to Cal. Um, really was impressed with the academic resources for uh, all those programs and how much Really, they invest in not just you as a student athlete on the athletic side of things, but as a student and how they want to see you graduate. Mm -hmm. And he definitely said that some schools were more invested in that academic aspect of things. And that was kind of what was impressive to him. But, uh, you know, I think that sets up a little uh, little backstory for him. Marcus, you watched his film. 
What's he like on the field? Man, first of all, powerful kid sitting at 6'3", about 290, I would say. Um, his film certainly makes him look a lot bigger than 290. He's, <laughs> that, that's a big boy. Yeah. But first thing I noticed from him, powerful off the line and explosive off the line. Being basically 300 pounds, that's a hard thing. A lot of guys you'll see that are that big, especially when you put them in the middle of the defense as a defensive tackle or nose guard, you know, they're kind of just there to to block up the middle, no matter what it is, right? As long as you can basically stay within a yard to a yard and a half, you know, not, or I shouldn't say a yard and a half, but a yard in general to half a yard, basically just in the middle, clogging it up. Hopefully you can grab a double team. That's kind of what you want, right? That, that's what a lot of people kind of see with defensive tackles and de- and nose guards but this kid's different man I, I like the fact that he takes the initiative when he cut when he gets off the line there's a certain thing that I that I noticed the very first play on his film and I was like whoa this guy's serious is the fact that his his stance instead of being you know a little more up kind of just being ready to stay stagnant it's really low and he's really you know just ready to explode straight through somebody and that's something that I, you don't really see a, with a guy that's that big because it I I can guarantee you it's that it's super hard to get through that. But um, I really think he can be an anchor for this Oregon State defensive line. The fact that he's that powerful, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this, every single play, no matter who it was, he drove back a guy maybe four or five yards to, to blow up a play. And that's something that you don't see too often. And, and I think people, we've kind of, especially at Oregon State, we've, lost the fact that we've seen that in a defensive line, right? We've seen we haven't seen a defensive lineman come in and truly dominate his opponent playing and play out. Mm-hmm. So he has that. So that's that was I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We have to get this guy if he's if he's an under the radar guy, but I mean so he's certainly not because no, he's, he has the absolute full package. Yeah. Like, and he's he's got like, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen offers right now. Yeah. Um but I mean, getting on—we talk about it all the time. Getting a kid on campus, you can show them personally everything that you, they can benefit from being an Oregon State student athlete. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I picture him going with this Oregon State defense, and especially the defensive line, is in the Pac-12. What do I always say? It's not about size; it's about speed. And so, when you have a guy three hundred pounds, you're like, okay, Marcus, that's cool. But how is that going to help us? Yeah, he might be able to drive a guy back, but dudes are fast, right? Mm-hmm. So they can just run away from him. It's not true. Let me tell you this is <laughs> you have a guy like that, but he can move side to side. Plenty of times on this film, there was a guy there was either someone um cutting back and he ran them down at three hundred pounds as a running back. <laughs> if you get ran down by a three hundred pound guy, it's happened to me before, but the guy, you know who it was? Vita Vea from Washington, yeah. top ten pick in, in the NFL draft. So that's they're special. Yeah, they're special. And this kid is certainly special. He I like the fact that he has the extra effort rather than, okay, the play's going away from me. What am I going to do? I did my job. So hopefully the linebackers, the safeties, the cornerbacks are going to be able to get the tackle. No, he's running the guy down side to side, sideline to sideline. That's something you don't see every day in a lineman. And also, yeah, okay, if you're going to be frustrated that you have a big guy in the center, which not a lot of people are, but there are some people who are critical of having a 300-pound you know, nose guard if they don't think he can move is if you I know this by first hand experience with Vita Vea, like I just said, if you get a defensive lineman or a nose guard who gets you three to four yards in the backfield, by the time you get the ball, you might think, yeah, okay, well he's not gonna get the tackle. 
But some of sometimes the biggest players on and the, and the most useful players on a defense are the guys that don't get the tackle. Because if you have a defensive lineman who is pushing his offensive lineman back, you know, three yards, two yards, blowing up the play, what did I tell you? What did I tell everybody last week on the episode was not every play is going to be perfect. It's almost never perfect. Ninety percent or yeah, something, right? But it's like how you adjust. It's hard to adjust with a you know when you have two three hundred pounders with an offensive and defensive lineman in your face, and from there that's where the linebackers it's easy for them to read the play then because the whole middle of the defense is open, mm-hmm. and the I mean the offense excuse me so where are you going to run okay if I go you know if I plant my foot and try to get horizontal I'm going to get ran down by the outside linebacker okay well if I plant my foot and get vertical there's already going to be a linebacker or two sitting in the hole not to mention. Most of the time in the Pac-12, safeties rotate and come down and bring extra pressure. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, you have the whole you have the whole play already blown up before anything really happens. So that's why I'm saying this kid is really special. He can move side to side. He's powerful. He's great with his hands. And I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I was super critical trying to find something that that I didn't like about his game that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, um. Maybe his feet can be better. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe his, maybe you know, maybe uh, I can't say his, you know, his moves aren't good enough. I literally saw him grab a guy by the chest, like a three hundred pound guy, and just toss him on the ground like he was nothing. Sit down. Yeah, I mean, the kid's play is phenomenal, and not only you know, sometimes when you see defensive linemen who have. You know, they have that size, and so what their tackles are going to be, you, like, bear hug a guy and, like, Mm -hmm. just fall down. No, he, like, drives through the guys, like, drives straight through running backs, quarterbacks, um, any ball carrier. Even, like I said, he it's the fact that his – you could tell that he's a flexible guy. His hips are great. He can move side to side. He has a great base. I really like the kids play, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I know I say this a lot because we always break down some really good players, but this was the best – recruit that I got a breakdown so far for this podcast hands down I I would I would take him absolutely every single time first if I did like a mock draft with guys that we yep. went over I would take him first every time well you you look at you know just how scarce I mm-hmm. guess a truly effective 300 pounder on the defensive line is yeah he's the number one defensive tackle in the state of California for this next cycle, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he has really his. You know, I, I got to speak with him earlier this week. The uh, article's up on Beaver Blitz right now. Mm-hmm. Some things that I didn't include in there were like who he molded his game after, Haloti Nada, and he's yeah. had the opportunity to kind of work with him a couple different times. And I think you know he doesn't have quite the same size that Nada did. I think Nada was what 65, yeah, he was, 330 yeah, something crazy. like that. I mean just unheard of type. Unreal. Yeah. I mean there's a reason why he was a top 5 pick or yeah. whatever he was to uh Baltimore. Um but I mean you see a lot of the same type of passion and effort that you know Nada put in and it kind of flows through uh Sakona's game as well. Mm-hmm. The kid, I don't know, he must have reiterated six or seven different times how much he loved just playing the game of football mm-hmm. and i think you kind of see that in his film yeah it, it, it speaks to his effort level yeah you know sometimes you see guys who don't finish those plays yeah and who just kind of like you were saying just oh not my job not my responsibility i, I did what i needed to do yeah. and they they pack it in 
And that's not the case with Jamar. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's out there playing as hard as he can because he loves to play as hard as he can yeah. every every snap. Um, you know, and I think that's that's a a special trait that not every elite football player has. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think you know, he when he was up on campus, he was able to interact with the coach Leggy and coach Tibisar mm-hmm. and um coach Smith and he recognized that these guys share that same type of passion with him. And I think that really helped Oregon State standing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have a li- uh, an offer list from, you know, every school in the Pac-12, sans the Stanford and Washington schools, but then you throw in Kansas State, Nebraska, yeah. some of these national programs, and it's easy for Oregon State to get lost in, in the mix. Yeah, Get him up on campus, though, that puts him squarely back in consideration, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that connection that he was able to build with the staff should keep Oregon State at least in the conversation mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah. Well, so, and if he's a guy who just wants to play, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, like I always say, we can't always keep selling kids on, okay, you come here, you play right away. But you, t- he goes anywhere, he plays right away. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's not just an Oregon State thing. That's the fact that he's that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're the number one defensive tackle in California, you're good. Like, you're a real deal. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can get him. That would be absolutely phenomenal. The kid's game is, it's not, you know, crazy polished, but it's about as good as you're going to get from a, a high school defensive, you know, defensive lineman. And you you just imagine him going up against a Stanford, right? I think Oregon State always plays Stanford extremely well. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that it's, you have a guy like that who's has has aggressiveness, especially when you when you play against a team that run or an offense that runs eye back. It's so easy if you have a dominant defensive lineman to really break down an offense like that. Because what is Stanford known for is their offensive line, right? Their mm-hmm. big offensive line that gets Power low. Game. Yeah, but if you get one, say you know, double teams are going to have he's going to force double teams easily, and then mm-hmm. that's where, like I say, you rotate the safeties bring extra pressure on the side because there's plenty of times where Stanford just wants to run the ball in the middle and they're running backs. So they have to be patient because they have to let, you know, the plays develop, but you have a guy like him. What is he going to do? He's going to blow up the play, force a double team. Then from there, the linebacker is going to have to, or excuse me, the fullbacks going to have to take the linebacker. Then that's when you have the safety come off the edge and get the running back. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a domino effect, but that's the problem that we've had with Stanford is that we haven't really had a guy consistently you know, dominate that offensive line and force a double team. It's a, it's a hard thing to do, right? I'm yeah. sitting here saying like defensive linemen have you should it, be able to do this to every yeah. play. No, it, it's yeah. I mean, Stanford is known for their great offensive line for a reason, but mm-hmm. I mean, the kid he's really that that's a walk in, start right away, make an impact and be you know a. a I have no doubt in my mind he'd be a freshman all American. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, I mean he's. He's a stud. Yeah, he really is. But that's all I got for him, man. I mean, Woo. kid's a freak. Yep, he could be good, like really good. He's already he's already good. Excuse me, he could be elite. Yeah, there's good, great, and elite, and I think he could be elite. That's yeah. like NFL talent. And that's something you know we haven't seen all along the uh, defensive line since what mm-hmm. Stephen Paya. Yeah, since him I mean, or Scott Crichton. Those yeah, are about the only yeah. guys I could think of. I mean, we've had a couple guys who get their chance in the NFL, and then from there, you know, they yeah. they run with it, but. I'm talking. You come in, and those are the, he's the type type of guy that when you play against him. And I'll give you a quick story: is we're playing against Vitavea. It was you know 
special teams. He was on kickoff, 300-pound guy who can run like a 4-9. <laughs> Unbelievable. Trust me, when you see a, a bus driving 100 miles at you, you don't really know what to do. But, no. <laughs> you know, there there was – it was when we were out Washington my last season, they kicked the ball. I look back because I was the off-returner with Victor Bolden. I look at Vic. I say, you, 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 look forward. See Vita Vea running down the field. He smashes the double team on kickoff return, the front line. So two guys gone just like that. Like, I'm not kidding. He ran right through him. Looked like he was running through cardboard. Ran Excuse through me, those guys. Through. Yeah. Ran through the the wedge. He knocked over like three guys on the wedge. Broke the wedge by himself. And I'm looking like, this is it. I'm like, <laughs> I've lived a good at the time 21 years. Like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> and I looked at Vic. I remember I looked him dead in the eyes and said, I'm sorry, and ran straight towards him. It looked like a movie scene where I was like getting ready to like sacrifice myself. Ran straight into Vita Vea, absolutely bulldozed me. Right, Vic tried to juke him, but at that point you can't because he's already has a head of steam and you can't stop him. Hits Vic, fumbles the ball, and picks it up. And you know what? I was super upset. You know the coaches are all pissed. They're like, you know what the hell? You know someone has to do something about him. And Coach Locker looked me in the eye and he said. That guy's going top five. So <laughs> he was like, you tried. Yeah. There's nothing you could do, though. That, that's the kind of player that this kid is, is that, you know, he's going to – there's going to be plenty of times where coaches are going to be – offensive line coaches are going to just lose their mind. I know most of them don't have hair, but if they had it, they'd rip <laughs> it out. But he, those are the type of guys that you look at him and he's like this. He's going to be a top pick. So there's nothing yeah. you could really do about it. But that's all I have for this kid. Phenomenal player. I really think he could be a next-level guy. Definitely. Hey, well, great breakdown, Mark. Hey, I appreciate it, hey. man. Do you have anything else to add before we had to, hey, we have to hop over to Angie? Yeah, we got the damn hotline coming up. We do have the damn hotline coming up. But ring, ring. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add before we go to that? No, nah, I think we're good. All right. Our guest on the damn hotline is none other than the Angie Machado. She is... Basically, the life and soul of Beaver Blitz. She does everything for Oregon State, and more importantly, the one who writes my checks. How are you doing, Angie? <laughs> I'm good, man. You make me sound good. Hey, yeah. we, need, we need like a crowd erupting in the background Woo! there, welcoming you on. I mean, that uh, I'm gonna do. Awesome. I, I'm, you know, I was gonna say this off air, but I just have to add. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in some effects. <laughs> but. Angie, first of all, thank you so much for hopping on. I know this is uh this might be a little different because usually, you know, it's you and I hosting, but you know, we had to give the damn podcast a little break. Had to give you Yep, some... no, it's time we gotta, you know, keep it fresh and we already did like way more damn podcasts than like Brandon and I ever uh-huh. did. So um well, we'll be back. Don't worry, damn podcast fans. Marcus and I haven't left you. We have not. We will be around and we will be back, but uh Adam, do you want to start us off, or Angie, you want to start us off, or I could start us off, whatever we well, want. I mean, this is recruiting, right? So, I mean, I think it's awesome we can start talking just some recruiting because it's been a busy couple months for Oregon State with spring camp and and um, you know hosting unofficial visitors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, fill Definitely. us in, Angie. What do we uh, What do we got? Well, Adam's kind of like the oh, guy, but Adam. Well, um, then I never think. mind. You fill me in, man. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Whoever wants to fill me in, somebody. Hey. I think I think we better start with a little Blitz Day conversation. Yeah, let's do okay, it. It is Blitz Day. It's it's our first Blitz Day. Um, this was created as a way to um, just really push, you know, pump out the content. And um, we Adam has worked tirelessly. I, I don't even think Adam got sleep last night. But nope. um, we've been calling in all of our sources. We've been checking in with high school and college or uh, JC coaches all around the country. Um, 
really just pumping out the content for Beaver Blitz fans. So not only are there, gosh, probably 10 stories today, eight to 10 stories going out live throughout the day today, including JP's weekly walk-off um, previewing the baseball, which if you haven't read that, it's a treat in its, its own right. If you're um, but a baseball all- fan, I don't know how you haven't read a weekly walk-off yet. If you're, I, know. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not even just saying that as a, a, a Beaver baseball fan. There is so much information packed into that every single week. JP just knocks it out of the park, and it's definitely Ooh. worth the price of admission. That's a good one, right there. Knocks it out of the park. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> sorry. You saw what I did there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. Hey. That, no. Really. I. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not much of a baseball guy, but I read those because I'm like, man, this is like it. In a way, I'm just it opens my mind for baseball because one, I didn't think baseball was as complicated as it was, and two, I didn't really think I would enjoy baseball as much as I do after reading those things. So they're super helpful for everybody, or and they're super informational. It's I think they're dope. I don't know if dope it's is the like, right it's word. Like a, it is. It's like an in-depth uh, cliff note, yeah. right? I mean, but even me, I mean, I'm so busy with football and football recruiting that I don't. I mean, we watch the games. I have a son that's like total huge Beaver baseball fan, but I don't keep up on it. And so when I'm getting ready to publish those weekly walk-offs, I read it and it just, I mean, it's everything you need to know to be ready to go to watch the game Mm -hmm. and be knowledgeable and and know what's going on. So um, that's up today. And then we're also, I'm going to be a little late uh, posting this, this hour's tidbits in the lodge, but basically all those calls that we've, you know, put out and and talking with the 24 seven national analysts and and everything that we have kind of collected over the past week, um, we are putting out, and it's basically hour, every hour and a half updates in the lodge. So um, rolling out the VIP treatment for our members. And then to celebrate all this big, you know, explosion of content, we are offering all new annual subscribers 80% off um, their first year membership. So you have to be a new member, new annual subscriber, 80% off. It works out to $21.48 for an entire year. You, you are going to beat it. Yeah. But it only is today, Friday, May 3rd until 10 o'clock Pacific time tonight. It's a 12 hour flash sale. So, um, you know, if you're listening, I hope you're listening early because if you're going to take advantage, we'd love to have you on board. Yes, please yeah. do it. And you know, I, I kind of talked about this earlier. You break it down into the, the monthly, what you'd be paying monthly. It's less than two bucks a month for this content for a year's worth. You can't even go to a vending machine and buy a soda for less than two bucks now. I know it's just crazy. Right, that's uh, what I'm saying. You, we should take full advantage of that. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, if and I you're... know a lot of people think it, this is like quiet, or you know, this is kind of a slow period, but really, um, it's not because there's spring, uh, there's the camps, there's the May evaluation period that's in full swing. New offers going out to so recruiting is huge. Marcus, you get to read Marcus's stuff. Adam, hey, oh, shout <laughs> out! I mean, we're gonna be. We actually have some some exciting stuff planned for the summer, breaking down the current roster and getting you all ready for fall camp. So. Um, it really, there's no downtime. The Lodge is a great community of Beaver fans. And uh, yeah, love to have you join in the fun. All right. And I think another aspect of it is the expanded official visits now. I mean, women's basketball, for instance, has a five star on campus this weekend. Football is going to be ramping up with official visitors here in what, two weeks? Next weekend? Uh, something yeah, like that? Yeah, next weekend. Next weekend. It, I mean, it just doesn't stop. And Beaver Blitz definitely has you covered for all of it. Yeah. Well. There it is, you guys. There's that. But uh, so what? Are we gonna start diving in now? Since we, yeah, you know, go. we're out here <laughs> oh, enough pumping out our chest. Let's, yeah. let's get into it. I know. I was just pumping so, out my chest, like, yeah, this is my stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is my, this is my family. So I, I think it's important.
important for me to be on here just to kind of give you guys like a little bit of um, maybe strategy with Oregon State and their recruiting efforts this spring and, and last spring. It's it's interesting, you know. It's they've had a lot of big name visitors on campus the past past week, past two weeks with along spring camp, and it's it's been a it's it's strategic that way in that. Oregon State, so we all know Oregon has had a lot of big-name official visits or unofficial visits coming through based on the seven-on-seven teams and such. Oregon State's piggybacked on there. So they're, you know, telling these kids, hey, if you're going to go check out Oregon, you might as well come up 45 minutes north and check us out too. You have nothing to lose. They've got a lot of guys on campus that way. Then they've also piggybacked on their camps in June in Corvallis around big seven-on-seven tournaments that are in the northwest and other big camps like the Northwest Best Showcase and such that are, are happening um, just to get more bodies onto campus, just to check it out, start building relationships. You know, some of these big name guys, they might not be, you know, on the forefront of the mind. Oregon State may not be on the forefront of their mind, but you never know what's going to happen down the road. Um, you know, with the transfer portal is opening up doors. You know, Oregon State's been super creative that way as far as how they're doing their recruiting. Um so you just build those relationships early, and you never know what'll happen. And and then some of the guys that you might say aren't aren't you know scholarship guys, they could be your your walk on class. And mm-hmm. you can never underestimate the walk on class. Never. I'm gonna hold the walk on class down <laughs> to the day I die. But uh, you're right, Angie. It you know I I think it's pretty cool that we get a I guess in a way piggyback off what the Ducks are doing, but just being able to at least connect with the kids because. I mean, let's be real. What kid? It's it's super smart by Smith and his staff because what kid wouldn't you know? Instead of taking one visit, why wouldn't you want to take two? Right? You get to go check out more stuff. You get to experience a different, you know, style of college in a different area. But the more I would say, the more that you get people onto campus, and the more you can kind of connect with these kids in whatever way it is. The more you do that, it's going to work out for you well. And I think Coach Smith and his staff are understanding that, and I think that they're now finding even more ways to get kids on the campus and at least to come check out Oregon State because, like I said, you might as well. Yeah, and, I, and I, we've seen over the years, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and you open a lot of kids' eyes, you know, that they might have never even thought about Oregon State. It might have been the furthest thing from their memory or their, their thought process, and they get on campus and it's totally different than they imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, oh. The small college town is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that used to be a big negative recruiting tactic from opposing coaches. Um, You know, Steve Sarkeesian comes to mind. How, why would you want to go to Oregon State and Corvallis when it's such a small podunk town? And I think that kind of spread and kind of created this negative viewpoint of Oregon State and Corvallis. And so the, Coach Smith and, to a degree, Coach Anderson have this really uphill battle of getting kids to campus. I think this new strategy of building around other events to get kids on campus is ingenious because once you're able to get them on campus, you can really show your um, genuineness, and it really comes out that the family feel that Coach Riley had under his staff. Um, it's really permeated in Coach Smith's staff here too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah, you're right. Well, might as well take full advantage of what we can. Yeah. I like that idea. I like it that it's a little. Uh, I mean, it's not like shady or anything. At least I don't think. Nah, I, I don't. I don't think so. Angie is shady in Oregon State's part. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Zing>. right. <laughs> but just just in general, having you know that that's a super big thing because even in my in in my point of view, and since I went through the recruiting process and understand it, I mean. 
it was yeah i wouldn't say it was the same thing but you know my mom was actually the one who was like hey you know if you're gonna go check out the ducks when i was getting recruited you know oregon state's just 40 minutes away and if they you know if they're ones who are interested and you might as well go check them out as well and then what happened chain of events happened and i end up going to oregon state right and i yep, and i no, love exactly. my decision so yeah. that's something to always keep in mind everyone's situation is different and every kid kind of maybe feels a different way but at the end of the day i like i said i'm a lot different than most of the kids now and i was never super big into the social media thing and i get that it's it's the cool thing to do right now and don't get me wrong absolutely use it to your advantage like a lot of you know programs around the country do but when it comes down to it you know you don't want to go to a place where they're going to feed you a bunch of hype and then you get there and then you're not going to feel like you're at home because they only did it to feed you with the hype and i'm not saying any you know any school in particular but there's plenty of schools that do that almost every you know plenty of people do that and then you get there and then that's when you have to you know swallow the the hard pills knowing that you're not the man right (laughs) And so that's why I like Coach Smith and and his staff and what they're doing because they're like, listen, you know, say you go to the Ducks and you're in this position to play. Maybe they are stacked at one position and you're not going to get playing time, but you turn around and come here. Listen, man, the competition is open. You could take this spot if you want. A good example is quarterback, right? With Justin Herbert right now, I'm guarantee you know, someone can tell me if I'm wrong, but I guarantee you, what a year ago or two years ago. They already knew their starting quarterback was going to be. So quarterbacks, you know, kind of, I would say, flocked away from there in a sense. Mm-hmm. And instead they try to go to places where, okay, I know I'm going to play. We see it at Washington, right? Jacob Eason goes to Washington, transfers there. And now it was two, but now it's one kid's in the transfer transfer portal because it's just like you want to go, you want to find some place where you're going to feel at home and be able to succeed on and off the field. But if you're not going to succeed on the field – a lot of kids, that's hard for them to swallow. And so from there, that's where the transfer portal comes into play. And Oregon State's landed some good guys in the transfer portal as well. So you might as well keep building off of that any way you can. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to go out and get some of these guys in the transfer portal that were, you know, high three or four-star guys, um, that are especially the four-for-four transfers like they've received this year, mm-hmm. um, or some highly ranked JC guys that, or some, uh, some instant plug-and-play JC guys, especially, again, the guys that – um, you know, have th- three or four years of eligibility. I mean, that's that's huge. And that's being creative. It's being um, kind of strategic. Now, again, this is unproven. Who knows how this is all going to turn out? But, um, you know, this is how Oregon State has to build for the future. And and then changing that culture, right? Um, that's what we've seen that over the past year. And um, it's gone from a very disjointed team to one that's that has that more family vibe, which makes it an easier sell to recruits because mm-hmm. they can see that. You know, Angie, we were talking yesterday on a, uh, our, you know, seemingly daily checkup with one another, and we talked about the team GPA for the football team, and I thought we should bring that up. Yeah, it's not recruiting related, but how impressive was it for the football team to post the best GPA out of any male team at camp on on campus this last term? I've talk- never seen that. I've never seen the football team. Yeah. have, you know, beat everybody. I mean, because especially, I mean, when you look at just number-wise, there's, what, 105 guys on a football team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people that, you know, can bring it up or down um, when you have, like, golf that's, like, 10. Yeah. Um, it was huge. I, I, I spoke to one person that was at the awards banquet and said, basically, you could hear jaws dropping on the floor when they announced football was the winner. That's crazy. That's, I mean, some, that's something I thought we were going to do, but 
um, you know, hats off to them. I'm a little salty that my that my class didn't do it, <laughs> that my team didn't get that. But that's all right because you know I'll swallow the you know hard to swallow pill. But that's that's super impressive yeah. because a hundred percent knowing what you do throughout a whole day. You're waking up at five a.m. knowing that you have to be at you know at Reacher Stadium at five forty-five or six. From there, you have meetings, practice. You have to eat. You have to prep. You have to do all this stuff. You have classes. You have study hall. It's a long day, and that's just one day, day, and you do it every day. And you're still a college day. kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're still a college kid. You have, you know, class meetings. And, you ha- and I mean, let's just be real here. They want to go out. They want to see their friends. They want to yeah. go to the bars. Yeah, you want to go have fun. Life. You have to try to yeah. balance all that out. But I think it's – and everyone is, you know, not everyone, I should say, but in a, in a sense, people are going to look at it and say, okay, well – is that, you know, that's a, that's cool, but how does that translate to the field? And I'll tell you exactly how it translates to the field. It means that their focus is right because yeah. their, uh, yeah, their mind is I'll right. I'll put it in my terms, Marcus. They have their shit together. Yes, they, <laughs> they have their shit together. Exactly. <laughs> Just because it's, if you're more focused on partying, going out, all that, like I always preach, you know, it's you're, fun. You're, you're going to do it, but how is that going to help you? What is going to help you? And you know, every single coach I've ever had, and especially Coach Riley, hit on this so much is that if you have good grades, if you're comfortable in the classroom, you're going to be comfortable on the field. Just because you don't, if you can clear your mind of everything that stresses you out, clear your mind of everything else other than football, then you're going to succeed on the field. Because then football is the only thing that you have that you know you're going to have that you're like, okay, it's going to be a challenge. Let's do this and let's do that. Not saying school isn't, but I mean. Angie, like you said, there's 105 guys on the team. And if they have the highest GPA for a men's uh, team, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah. absolutely unbelievable. It, w- it was like a 3-3 or something, right? I thought it was over a 3-1. I, I don't remember exactly. I, I, I was looking this morning. Um, I don't remember what the actual GPA was. but Regardless, that's... Between a 3-1 and a 3-3. Just phenomenal. Yeah. I don't, is... I don't know if I got a 3-1 or a 3-3 in my entire... Well, I don't want to say how long I was in Corvallis as a student, but <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, how about this? Either of you guys, do you guys have any any other or not any other, but do you guys have notes, nuggets, anything along I, that line? I do before you you cut me loose because I know you guys have other other things to get to in the pod. So I just I'm gonna tease this here in the pod because we have a, a let's day thread going in the lodge where I've been putting these out, but just, just the kind of things that are in there. Um, Oregon state is um, setting up an official visit with a top 10 quarterback in the nation. So um, there's that Um, they're welcoming two official visits next weekend. Um, So that's mother's day weekend. Um, So that's, that's all in the lodge having an update on um, Nate Eldridge and where he's at the center that is transferring from Arizona. So I got an update on that. Um, And then I also talked a little bit about Something kind of cool, I think, um, our, our listeners and readers will find interesting that the defensive coaches did prior to spring camp this year. All right. Cool. Angie, you're the best. You know that. My favorite boss. Ah, uh, yeah, my favorite boss. Yep. I was gonna. I was, oh, no, think about it. No, I was looking. I was looking through the window to see if my other boss was gonna, you know, be like standing over there when I said that. <laughs> Popping in the, the yeah. The, he's the, like, yeah, studio I did, yeah. I didn't want him to walk and be like, "What'd you say, Marcus?" He'd be like, "Ooh." He's like, You're "All fired. right, yeah." There's a trash bag by your desk. You know what to do. But <laughs> Angie, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We uh, we'll get the damn podcast going eventually. Eventually, yes, we'll be back. We'll be back. And you guys yeah. are awesome. I'm. I you guys. You make my life 
so much easier because I can totally trust both of you guys and, and count on you guys for, for so much. So Blitz fans, Blitz family, um, you guys know you have Marcus, you have Adam, JP. I mean, there's Carter. We got Shamaya. There's, there's a, a lot. Of, I really like my squad. I miss Amy. I don't want to throw Amy under the bus because I do miss Amy. But we've got a good squad going. We got a good squad. Yep. Well, yep. Adam, best in the business. Hashtag best in the business. <laughs> best in the biz. Angie, <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on our uh, damn hotline. We'll be sure to have you back on. You know that. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ange. All right. Adam, do you have anything else to add, my man? What a great episode, man. Hey, I appreciate that. What a great hey, episode for you, man. Way to put it together. Hey, I'm trying, man, but... uh. I think I think we're starting to get the hang of this little podcast thing. A little bit, yeah. I was I was gonna say we can go in that direction, but I'm gonna have to say I'm a little jealous that you get to go to the Boise game tonight, man. Hey, you know, do what I can. Go talk some smack, man. I don't know where you're <laughs> sitting, but just talk some smack. I hey, those of you who know me personally, they could hear me from the rafters. Yeah, I bring out loud voice, which is now dad voice, I guess. <laughs> um, they'll be able to hear me down there. Yeah, I feel guarantee you, man. it. Hey. Sometimes that's all you need. Maybe yeah. maybe you're the reason why they miss a game-winning free throw. Ooh, yeah. That'd be nice. I like to think it. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Before, Hopefully it's but, not that close, though. Before we get out of here, what's your prediction tonight? You got you got a score prediction or anything? Uh, I think the Blazers win. Um, honestly, I thought game two, they were going to win it running away. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe certain influences <laughs> want to keep it a little closer than it yeah. needed to be. I think Dame's going to have a huge game. I think CJ's going to compliment him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping Moe's good to go. I haven't heard. I know um, I know that Murray might be hurt as well for Denver. He was struggling to get up and down the court yeah. there that fourth quarter. So that'll be tough as well. Yeah. If they don't have him, that's that's, that's not very good. Yeah, blow. it's a big loss. So. And you got to think, you know, I was amazed that uh, Craig, their three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was coming back in the game. Yeah. I mean, he took two pretty big blows to the face. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure he'd go into concussion protocol. Yeah. So I think that might be something worth yeah. watching tonight, too. Absolutely. But if you don't have anything else to hey, add, Adam. Well, we're oh. talking about watching things. Yeah. I mean, the long night. Hey, don't get me started, man. We'll save that for another time. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll talk about that next hey. week because I actually downloaded a certain part of this is so nerdy, man. I'm not a nerd like this, but I, I am down- a nerd. I, I downloaded like a, a a song from that episode because I was like, man, this is dope. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it, but uh, hey, one thing I will guarantee: come the week after the finale, we will spend at least two minutes talking about Game of Thrones. I have to. I mean, without a doubt, there's no way. I feel bad that we aren't even talking about Endgame. I mean, I haven't seen I, it yet, though. I, you haven't? No, that's why, dude. So I took I took the twins, yeah, and one of their friends. Nine o'clock showing. Tyler fell asleep. Friend almost fell asleep. So it's me and Bryn in there. We drop you know sixty bucks. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm feeling good about myself. That was Friday night. Yeah. Tuesday, I read an article. They made like one point seven billion dollars yeah. or something over a four day span. Jeez. Can you think? I'd just take royalties off that. Yeah. And be I could support five generations of my family off Absolutely. that. That is so much money. I might have to make a movie, man. I hey. don't know about what. I mean either. <laughs> we'll figure it as out. As long though. as I'm in it. Yeah. Hey, of course, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what a great damn recruiting podcast Absolutely. episode though today. We'll put a bow tie in it. Let's put a bow tie on it. Everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your hosts. Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson.